Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Give me a break. That's what we're going to do, Michael. We're going to be like accountants now in baseball. Uh, what is it? The Pythagorean theorem. The Pythagorean theorem said that the Redane's offensive line, that their record should be one in one. That's the Pythagorean theorem said that Wait, the what? Giants' offensive line, that their record should be two and all. It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. 40. 40 years. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. I am Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and FanRag Sports, joined by Kyle Krabs, who's the founder of Director of Scouting with NDT Scouting, also with FanRag Sports. And we are your hosts on this edition of the Draft Dudes Podcast, our second-to-last podcast before the 2018 NFL Draft, and we can finally know what team all of these players actually play for, and we can stop talking about all the speculation. But today is all about the speculation because we are going to work through Kyle Krabs' final 2018 NFL mock draft and Kyle, welcome. How are you feeling about this mock? I'm looking forward to tomorrow when we pick apart yours much more <laughs> than picking apart mine right now. For full transparency, yeah, I, I like my I like my mock draft this year. Um, yep. You know, I know both you and I. Obviously, you, uh, the reigning champion, uh, want to defend that title and, and perform well, and I'm chasing you and. I feel like both of us have have probably gotten as far into the insider game as we ever have. I don't want to speak for you, but you know, I've really tried to, to work some relationships that I've had to try and at least get a general idea. you know. And then at the end of the day, we may not hit all the picks, but we'll know the thought process a lot better than we ever have before, which is a scary thought because you won the whole damn thing last year. Yeah, you know what, and, and what concerns me about that with me, and I've done the same thing, is this is my fourth year in the competition. The first year I finished third, I was bad two years ago and number one last year. And I've never really tapped into checking with sources, but that's something that has changed this year. So I'm either going to take this to the new level or I am going to bomb it, and we will deal with that tomorrow. But today is about you, oh, Kyle. Hold Krabs. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're like that Jaguars lady. 
take it to oh, the limit. I, did I do that? They're going to take it to the limit. Oh, well, if I did that, then... Joe's going to steal a, the show. You, you have... Well, you know, okay, let's get into something really quick here. <laughs> we still need our wager, and I think the people need we to do. know that... We, we, so we've got, you know, we're going to be together in Arizona for several days here doing our live broadcast. I've had several people ask me if we're doing that. We are. So check out NDT Scouting, FanRag Sports. You will be able to get those links so you can watch our live broadcast of day one and day two of the NFL draft. But Kyle and I need a wager. We are going to be spending the next weekend together uh, in, up in Philly. Next two weekends together, yep. Yeah, well, but so but the, the one coming in Philly. We're getting together with the ladies, going to have some time away. And so we need to make good on that bet. And there's been some wild things put out there, like me listening to Top 40 music and watching Leprechaun movies. And, snake and all massage. these Snake massage is not going to happen because i got to be able to pay the debt. And I'm, that's not going to happen. Would you actually do that, Kyle? Would yeah, you, would I, would, you? I would do that. Oh, you're an animal. I guess your last name's Crab, so you, what would it with a bunch of snakes calling in, around? I'm like uh, Tarzan. You know, I'm in tune with... Uh... Mother Nature and, and all of her creations. You're you're just wild. So hey, we need we need a real wager here. Kyle loves eating oysters and sh- and stuff like that. So a uh, good catch. Uh, you know, yeah, a good catch there. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no. I mean, like Kyle's not afraid to eat anything. Eating things would be a problem for me. I don't like mayonnaise. I don't like onions. I don't like mostly sea creatures. So uh, you know, look, we need we need for people to step up their game and give us the best wagers that we can, we can make good on those for you the following weekend with video, whatever we need to do. So send us your best idea. Please do. Uh, I look forward to breaking this little three-competition L-streak I'm on against, Joe, and uh, snatching victory from the jaws of defeat and right. having him eat some crow since he's made me eat crow for the last year, being the reigning mock draft champion of all draft coverage. Well, I, and I could only have one more show of that, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bask in that for yeah, a bit. Milk here. it. Go ahead. Josh milk. Allen, number one, Kyle. Josh Allen, number one of the Browns. No. 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 So are we are we digging in? We're gonna dig in. Yeah, the let's line? dig it. Right, I'm ready. So, I'm ready. So I do have Sam Darnold going one to the Browns. This mock draft is posting today at FanRag Sports. Uh, it is my final predictive mock. It is what is going to be submitted to the Huddle Report for the competition. So I do have Sam Darnold going one. He's always been the guy. Anybody that I've talked to going all the way back to before the combine. and Look, we've had this cycle where it was Darnold's on top and then the wheel spins and it's Josh Allen on top and now the wheel spins again. And early this week, it's Baker Mayfield's in serious consideration for number one. Like, they're not playing musical chairs anymore. They, they've had a long time. they they got to know by now. And uh, I'm I'm willing to bet that it's the guy that was connected first is the one that that the genuine interest lies. So that that's why I have Sam Darnold going number one to the Cleveland Browns. Now, Kyle, I, I want to keep things moving here, but I do want to ask you one thing. I'm sure you saw the comments that came out today that John Dorsey wasn't going to tell uh, the head coach the pick, Hugh Jackson. Until either Wednesday night or Thursday night. Do you what? What is that? Is that an indication of your head coach and general manager being lockstep? I mean, is that appropriate? What, I mean, what do you think here? Uh, I think loose lips sink ships, and I know Hugh has some friends in the media, and um, 
it, it felt like when the Sashi Brown divorce took place, there was quite a bit that got out that uh, uh, only certain people would have the level of detail to explain. So I, I think the security of the draft room is the primary uh, motivation there for any sort of uh, hesitancy to confer and get all on the same page. That's my opinion. That's just wild to me. Um, It's almost like you shouldn't keep a head coach and then hire in a general manager to have to work alongside that person without them being brought in together. It's almost like that's a bad idea. It's almost like that never works. All right, Kyle, let's move along here. New, New York Giants. What New York got? Giants taking Saquon Barkley. Look, this just cost the to- toss the coin, right? Like, I don't think Quentin Nelson's really in the running just because of the quote-unquote positional value and Bradley Chubb. They did part ways Jason Pierre-Paul, and you know some people are trying to talk him up on a quarterback. Uh, you know, at least the first handful of picks, we've at least, you typically have some sense of direction. And, you know, I know the Chicago Bears kind of pulled a fast one last year in taking Trubisky at two. But at the same time, there's been almost no connection with the Giants and, and the quarterbacks expected to go in the top five. And... You know, Barkley has been the name that every big media guy is dialed into for the Giants. And for that reason, I'm going to side with those guys, knowing that there are people that are more well-connected to me, and seemingly all of them really like Saquon to the Giants. Now, Kyle, at number three, the New York Jets from the Indianapolis Colts, the, the Vegas Lines tipped in favor of Rosen having the best odds at number three. What do you think here? Is this going to be Josh Rosen, or is Baker Mayfield still your guy? Uh, from somebody that I spoke with that uh, I trust, you know, if they share things, that they're sharing things um, honestly and, and with sincerity from the people that they've talked to. So this is a secondhand pass-along of information. I was told that uh, – Rosen is not amongst the Jets' top three quarterback options. So, number two is Baker Mayfield. Number one is Sam Darnold, which is why the Jets are going to pick Baker Mayfield. So, just based on some of the information that's been passed along to me from somebody that I do trust and respect and you know is very clearly well-connected with how frequently the things that this individual puts out there is correct, uh, Darnold, Mayfield, Allen are the Jets' top three quarterbacks, according to the the conversation that I had with this person. All right, so we've got our first three picks in, no trades. We've got teams looking to move up for quarterbacks. The Cleveland Browns, with their second top four pick, are on the clock. Do we see movement here, or do we see them taking a player? No, I think you see Bradley Chubb here. That's my opinion. Uh, it's kind of been the the popular pairing for them for a while now, and uh, from what I understand, their preferences are Chubb, trade down. If they don't love trade downs, they they would probably lean towards Denzel Ward, which is a surprising name that you're, you're seeing a lot of heat on right now. 
Uh, he's going to be connected to teams picking four, five, six, and probably seven. Um, so there's a lot of range here in the mid top 10 for a Denzel Ward to get slotted, but it, the, the Browns fortunately have their top choice still on the board here in Bradley Chubb. A hell of a pairing, man. Bradley yeah. Chubb and Sam Darnold. So, all right. So we've got number five. The Denver Broncos are on the clock. No, they're and not. John Elway. Well, I got to set the scene here, Kyle. John Elway has said that the the pick is for sale. You know, could they go? Can they go with Quentin Nelson? Is this a trade up spot for another team, Kyle? Number five. This going is, on. This is the Buffalo Bills on the clock, trusting the process, trading up. <laughs> and drafting Josh Allen. And they're going to have to put a whole lot of trust in this process with this decision to go up and get Josh Allen in the top five. But um, Buffalo, it's it's going to take balls of steel to sit there and let the board fall to you at 12 and not make a move on a quarterback. And I don't, so, think, that, so, I don't think that's an acceptable outcome for them. Yeah, no, I mean, everything Buffalo's done for 11 months now has gotten to this moment to move up for a quarterback. But here's my question for you, Kyle. When when you consider the options of Josh Allen for Buffalo or Josh Rosen, what is the determining factor that pushes Josh Allen as the guy you think they're going to pick? I mean, I think about some of the, the packages that that offense had at Carolina when McDermott was there. And uh, having an able-bodied, big-arm guy like Cam Newton. And I'm not comparing him to Cam Newton, but the physical traits, you can run a lot of the same concepts. And uh, Well, and, and truth be told, the reason Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have the jobs they do is because of Cam Newton. And so you do have some parallels. I, I understand. That's fine. That's so, interesting. I mean, that, that, that's kind of the, the main thought process that brought me to this decision. And then obviously, you know, you hear all the, the speculation about Rosen and you know, ability to fit into certain kinds of locker rooms. And I think Buffalo just, you know, they, they want the straight-laced. They don't, they don't want a guy that's, that's going to cause them any headaches. And yep. if there's worries that the other guy is going to cause you headaches, I think that plus his tremendous upside plus the parallels as far as some of the offensive packages that you could see that you have seen from Carolina, I think all those things add up. Well, everyone will find out what I do here tomorrow. We've got the Indianapolis Colts here. This is the trade back spot from the Jets pick. What do we got going on here, Kyle? Denzel Ward. I think this is a great opportunity for this, this team. You know, I know they like Roquan Smith. Uh, Quentin Nelson would make a lot of sense. Denzel Ward plays the highest premium position, and it really gives the Colts an opportunity to establish a bit of an identity on the defensive side of the football. They have Quincy Wilson. They have Malik Hooker. Now you have Denzel Ward there. you got ball hawks on the back four. And, and for that reason, plus the heat that you're hearing around his name right now, I was told, quote, Denzel Ward is going to go a lot higher than people think he is. So all of those things considered premium position, defensive identity, uh, high premium player right now. I think those things add up and you see the Colts and ultimately make that decision to give themselves a, de a defensive identity. Yeah, and look, I mean, four, five, and six, assuming Denver's in that spot, I mean, those are all landmines for Denzel Ward yep. 
and you know we've heard we've heard that he's going to go high, and I, you know I think that's that's logical that he'll he'll hit one of those spots. Moving on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what do we got, Kyle? Quentin Number Nelson, seven. dude, these guys hit the jackpot. Yep, <laughs> to have sure Nelson did. fall in their lap at seven. And my last rendition of this mock, I had the Giants going Bradley Chubb at two, and Saquon Barkley fell to seven. So Tampa Bay is really the team that's poised here to reap the benefits of uh, this high premium placed on the quarterbacks at the top of the draft and all the eagerness to shuffle and and move up and jump up and pick players. So uh, Nelson, from what I understand, is the, the Bucks' second choice behind Bradley Chubb. And um, they they get their number two option, which I think really prevents them from seriously entertaining any trade-back offers, which they would likely get a couple uh, based on some of the players still on the board. Chicago Bears in number eight, Kyle. They got both of the big-name linebackers on the board. What do we got? Yeah, I got a tip-off from somebody who had cited fairly reliable source. So this this pick's a bit of a surprise, and it seems like you always get one or two, right? Top 15, mm-hmm. a couple shocking picks. This would be a shocking pick because the Chicago Bears have been drawn to linebackers. Roquan Smith, Tremaine Edmonds, Vic Fangio. Um, he's got a type. Tremaine Edmonds fits that type. Mike McGlinchey. Offensive tackle, Notre Dame, was the name that was pointed to me to say, look, Bobby Massey, not really a reliable starter. Uh, this would be a tremendous offensive line unit with Charles Leno Jr., who just got an extension recently, uh, Bradley Sowell, uh, Harley Whitehair, Kyle Long, and now Mike McGlinchey in front of Mitch Trubisky with a running game with Jordan Howard and uh, Tariq Cohen and the free agent additions of Allen Robinson and uh, Trey Burton. This is a really exciting overhaul. So I don't mind the Bears saying, you know what, let's just finish the damn job. Let's get us that fifth really good offensive lineman. Make sure this offensive infrastructure is set, which from what I was told, you know, it's, it's a pretty viable possibility that the Bears were to do that. You've reached the high fashion hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Well, and and so what's interesting about your mock, we're through eight picks, and both of the big linebackers, Roquan Smith, Jermaine yeah. Edmonds, still on the board. San Francisco 49ers on the clock here at number nine. All of the issues with Ruben, Ruben Foster and... Uh, you know, Eli Harold's one of their starting linebackers, and Malcolm Smith is coming off of a torn pack. Who we got the 49ers drafting, Kyle? Uh, the 49ers are not drafting here. 
Ooh. Because the New England Patriots are jumping up for Josh Rosen here because they know the clock's a ticking with the Miami Dolphins uh, lurking at number 11, a team that really likes Josh Rosen. So uh, I think the icing on the cake for this was John Lynch had a, a call and uh, said that he had 30 first-round grades. <laughs> so the 49ers are, would, in, in this scenario, pick 23 and 31. Odds are they're going to be able to haul two players they have first-round grades on at 23 and 31 instead of picking at nine. And, uh, yes, Roquan Smith would be a great fit here. Uh, that great contingency plan for everything that's happening with Reuben Foster. But ultimately, uh, the value of two first-round players on your board versus one first-round player on your board, uh, especially considering linebacker is not considered a premium position. All the depth, all the elite talent in this class feels like it's at positions that are not premium positions. So the Patriots package that Brandon Cooks trade along with their own first-round pick, jump up 14 spots to number nine. Yeah. And what's most interesting about this is if you use the old-fashioned trade value chart, these packages of 23 and 31 versus the ninth overall pick are separated by just 10 points as far as value for one another. So very similar values according to that old-fashioned chart. Uh, the compensation makes sense. The motivation for the Patriots makes sense. There's a reason for them to jump up here up in front of the Dolphins. The 49ers will have flexibility and will get two first-round players on their board. Uh, they don't have their second-round pick because that went to New England, a team that, hey, we're doing business with again. Just a lot of dots connect here. So I'm, I'm getting a little aggressive with this one we've given the Patriots Rosen, but it's, it's certainly a, a scenario – that I could see playing out. Well, Kyle Krabs, there you have it, folks. If he's going trying to win a mock draft championship, Let's and go, baby. if he hits on that, man, you are going to be well on your way. Kyle, we're going to round up the, the top ten here with the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Oakland Raiders are going to take advantage of that 49ers trade back and gobble up Roquan <laughs> Smith uh, in a heartbeat. You know, Mike McGlinchey's in consideration there. Uh, offensive tackle is a bit of a question for them. Donald Penn's getting a little older. Um, David Sharp is there and had some promising flashes, but uh, they, they will need another offensive tackle for the long term regardless. So uh, tough decision, but if you're asking me Colton Miller versus Roquan Smith, it's a no-brainer. You take Roquan and you run up to the podium to do it. Now, the, the Miami Dolphins here at number 11, none of those quarterback possibilities, they fell. So what do we have them doing, Kyle, at number 11? Yeah, that's okay because Derwin James is still here. Minka Fitzpatrick is still here. And I think Derwin James is a Miami Dolphins kind of player. Uh, they need playmakers. They need explosive athletes. They don't have a lot of that. So a guy like Derwin makes sense. You pair him with uh, Rashad Jones on the back end. That's a really dynamic pair of safeties. I'm playing Rashad Jones in the, free, the man free reps early on and letting Derwin kind of roam, play some man-to-man -man on tight ends, uh, utilize that athletics, the really special athleticism to, to cover guys like Gronkowski. And uh, then as Derwin matures a little bit, you give him the opportunity to play the, the free range guy at the back end because he's, 
he is a more explosive athlete. So I think there's a progression plan here for Derwin James. You can utilize him to, to defend the run. A lot of ways that he can be an impact player for the Dolphins, which is what their number one priority should be coming into this draft class, regardless of position. All right, so the spot that Buffalo was picking at number 12 is now uh, the Denver Broncos pick, and who do we have them selecting? Yeah, it's a buzzkill because uh, they would have loved to seen Denzel Ward here at 12. Uh, but uh, Denzel Ward promptly goes at six. And, uh, I mean, you see this happen a little bit, right? Like, uh, this happened with the Browns when they traded back or when they, when they passed on their quarterback of choice and then the Chiefs jumped up in front of them and they lost the chance to get Mahomes – Cleveland totally bailed out and passed on to Sean Watson. So mm-hmm. that that's a recent, that's last year, an example of this board, it's a bear, man. I mean, there's so much that can happen in just one pick, let alone Denver trading back seven spots. But I did give them Leighton Vander Esch, who I was told is their preferred contingency plan along with Roquan Smith for if Denzel Ward is not there in a trade back situation. So, very interesting, right? Tremaine Edmonds is kind of consensus, a top-two linebacker in the class. Doesn't get his name called in the top-two linebackers in the class because Roquan goes 10. Vander Esch is a scheme-specific preference for the Broncos to play on the inside, and he's getting the call here at 12 because Denzel Ward's not on the board for this tradeback situation. So there we have it. Tremaine Edmonds, Mika Fitzpatrick are sliding a bit here. We've got the Washington Redskins on the clock at 13. And it's not Vita Vea. It's too easy. It's, it's too easy, and Washington has too many horses up front. They've got some nice depth on the defensive line. And, you know, I could realistically see Vita Vea being a pick there, but I could also see Darius Geis being the pick here, and that's who I ultimately decided to go with here. Uh, Darius Geis fits Washington's mold for a running back to a T. They love these stocky, explosive, play-through-contact type runners. You look at Rob Kelly and Samaje P. Ryan, and Darius Geis is all that, but he's much more dynamic than anybody that they have on the roster at the running back position. Even though, like how early they drafted Matt Jones a couple years ago, like yeah, they, they put this premium on these stocky contact balance guys and, and guys would really help this team with Alex Smith coming in. They need the strong running game. they really need to rely on a strong running game um, versus Kirk Cousins, who was a little bit more of a cut it loose kind of guy. You don't want to play that game with Alex Smith. So I think they need an upgrade in the running game. And that's why guys makes sense. All right. Moving along here. We've got the Green Bay Packers on the clock, Kyle, number 14. Yeah, this one hurt because I've been mocking Leighton Van Der Esch to the Packers for about a month now. And uh, <laughs> the, the Broncos just totally cut me off at the knees. And I'm sure the Packers would be crushed because I know they, they really, really like Van Der Esch. Um, and instead of going with uh, the next best linebacker in Tremaine Edmonds, I think they stopped the slide of Minka Fitzpatrick here. Um, They need help in the secondary in a big way. And pairing him with HaHa Clinton-Dix, 
uh, gives them a really strong duel in the back end. Josh Jones was kind of a hybrid player for him. They can use him a little bit more in that way, kind of that nickel linebacker, inside linebacker in some stretches, uh, coverage guy. Uh, Josh Jones should still see the field a lot. But if you're going to ask me if I want Josh Jones or Minka Fitzpatrick on the back end, I'm going to take Minka 10 times out of 10. Interesting pick there with uh, Brian Kutengas now calling the shots there over Ted Thompson. Uh, number 15, Kyle, the Arizona Cardinals, very much a team in transition. Who are they picking? Yeah, you know, the, my mock before this, I had the New Orleans Saints jumping up in front of Arizona to take Lamar Jackson and uh, kind of cut Arizona off at the knees. It seems to be the theme here in the teens, but uh, – I didn't put that together this time because I'm really just looking at the Saints and their draft capital, and I don't know that they've got the ammo to make a trade like that happen, to jump up from 27 to to 14. That's a big jump. They don't have a second-round pick. They've got 27 and 91 are their, their top two picks this year. I just think that's, that's not enough, and I don't think they'll mortgage the long-term future to make that leap. Uh, so I do have the Cardinals taking advantage of that and drafting Lamar Jackson. Just listening to Bruce Arians kind of rave about him, and much of that coaching staff is still present there. And uh, I think there'll be some like-mindedness there. And obviously, they need a quarterback with Sam Bradford being there on the the one-year twenty million dollar deal, where he's probably going to essentially steal twenty million dollars from the Cardinals this year. So I mean, good <laughs> good for Sam. You know, he's <laughs> he's getting paid again, like he does every single year. Uh, but the Cardinals, it'll be like a Band-Aid because they'll have a, a cheap rookie contract at the most expensive position in football if they, they're able to land Lamar Jackson at 15. Kyle, at number 16, the Baltimore Ravens are on the clock. Ozzie Newsom's last first-round yeah. pick as general manager. Yeah, it's Ozzie's last ride, and uh, obviously the, the Calvin Ridley-Alabama connection, it's been played up a ton. But Baltimore's done a ton to kind of rework that position group. They just signed Willie Sneed to an, uh, an offer sheet, and they brought in Michael Crabtree, and um, who else did they bring? They brought in somebody else, too. John Brown. John Brown, that's right. So, I mean, obviously, Crabtree's getting a little older. John Brown has some durability issues. Willie Sneed's never been more than a slot guy. So they're not done there. But I, I think it mitigates the importance of, of addressing the need where you won't see them go this direction early in 16. It's just too early for a tight end. You know, they, they desperately need a tight end, but I think that's too early to make that pick. So one spot that does make sense. And there is some, some value here because there's some high demand coming up a little bit later in the first round. It's the center position. So I gave the Ravens, James Daniels out of Iowa to replace Ryan Jensen, who, who signed with Tampa Bay in free agency to be their, their new starting center. Uh, Daniels, I think, stylistically really fits, and that, that fits the mold of an Ozzie Newsom pick, of, of tending to the line of scrimmage and, and playing the game inside out. So that it makes sense to me, and I, I'm just trying to connect that dot. I know Baltimore has uh, been engaged with, with Daniels in the pre-draft process a little bit. All right, Kyle, moving on here to the Los Angeles Chargers. What yeah, got? Uh, I got to tip the cap to you here because you did the primer for this team for NDTscouting.com, and you made sure to mention that all three starting linebackers are expiring contracts in 2019. And uh, Tremaine Edmonds happens to be sitting here on the board, and I think that makes this a no-brainer. This is a no-doubt pick, Chargers, at this juncture, to have Tremaine Edmonds still on the board, 
have all three starting linebackers who are not currently set to be on the roster in 2019. Uh, super young. You put him behind this defensive line, he's going to have a ton of space to flow. I think it's a good schematic fit. I think it's a good economic fit. I think it's a great value in the draft. Tremaine Emmons, 17 of the Chargers. That'd be one I'd be writing about for a long time afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Los Angeles gets a Tremaine Emmons at 17, one of my top five players in the class. Uh, we've got the Seattle Seahawks on the clock at number 18. Needs galore for this team. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I wanted to give him Josh Jackson for a really long time. Uh, ultimately did not decide to because there's another name that, that's quietly had a slide here. And that's Harold Landry from Boston College. And Seattle has as good of a precedent as anyone of taking a little bit more undersized guys and allowing them to thrive in that speed role. You saw them do it with Bruce Irvin. You see them do it now with Cliff Averill in a rotational role. So Harold Landry, I think, stylistically can really benefit from going to Seattle. And pass rush is obviously one of the premier things that you need to have in roster construction to, to win in today's NFL. So... Uh, I think you put those things together, and this pick, pick makes a lot of sense. It's a great value here at 18, in my opinion. All right, at number 19, the Dallas Cowboys are on the clock. How, who are they picking? Yeah, I, I think Dallas has a tough call here. Um, I think they, they're, as far as where the value for the picks and who's still available is lining up, I think they're going to have some flexibility. And I think there's a team in the, the mid-20s that's going to really get anxious based on the gauntlet of picks that's coming up behind him. So I have the Falcons trading up to 19 with Dallas and drafting Taven Bryan from Florida. Uh, Detroit Lions are a team that's been connected to defensive line a ton. And uh, making sure that the Falcons go up and get their guy, that's a guy that they've, they've apparently really, really liked throughout the entire draft process, I think that swap makes sense, and I think Dallas is still going to be able to have some nice options when they get back on the board at 26. All right, that Florida, Atlanta, Dan Quinn pipeline continues here with that pick. Rounding out the top 20 is the Detroit Lions. So from what I understand, Detroit's top choice is Harold Landry, who just got swiped two picks beforehand. It's a cruel mistress. Then Atlanta trades up in front of them and drafts Taven Bryan, but that's okay. Because from what I understand, Detroit's preferred flavor of choice on the interior defensive line is Deron Payne from Alabama. So that's who I have them taking here at 20. Uh, I think it makes sense. When you look at Detroit's defensive linemen, right, they seem to like bigger, powerful guys, even their ends, guys like Zettel, that um, those guys have functional strength first and foremost. They don't have a lot of explosiveness from a speed perspective. So pain on the inside is going to be a huge upgrade, but he fits the physical mold that Detroit has really hoarded up front defensively. All right, Kyle, we got the number 21, the Cincinnati Bengals from the Buffalo Bills, from the Kansas City Chiefs. Who is uh, Who are they picking here? Yeah, we're playing hot potato here with 21. Uh, <laughs> yeah. James Daniels would have been, let, let me scratch that, Mike McGlinchey is the dream. Mike McGlinchey and Yeah, that's a dream. Yeah, it's yeah. a hype dream at this point. Um, James Daniels is the other uh, piece here that is relevant, but from what I was told, uh, the Bengals do carry first-round grades on all three of the top centers, 
James Daniels, Frank Ragnall, and Billy Price. Uh, Ragnall, I think, just the physicality and the fact that there's he's a little bit further out from from his injury flag, where, where Billy Price had the pec tear, and reportedly he's going to be a full bore. But um, I know some people prefer Ragnow in general, and, and his physicalness and, and nastiness up front, you have Joe Mixon running behind that and telling Joe to put his head down and uh, tucking up behind Frank Ragnow in the middle. With Cordy Glenn there at left tackle, now all of a sudden you've got some power elements on this offensive line, and uh, I, I like that fit a whole lot, and, and it's a great effort to kind of reshape this offensive line overall. All right, so now the Denver Broncos are on the clock at 22 after trading back from five, picking up 12 and 22 from the Bills. At 12, they get Leighton Vander-esque. At 22, they get... They get their 95% approximately, maybe not 95, maybe 90% of Quentin Nelson and Will Hernandez. Uh, Joe, this, this was something you and I have really talked about extensively off-air in uh, recent days. Uh, the Broncos hired a new offensive line coach, Sean Krugler, and Sean Krugler's last job or Kugler's last gig was uh, a four-year stint as the head coach of the UTEP Miners program, which coincidentally enough is where Will Hernandez played football the last four years. So, uh, very physical guy up front, just like Quentin Nelson. There is a connection here from the coaching staff and the and the player in question. So I, I think that connection and that economics of, hey, we can get a comparable power player up front for the offensive line while still getting a starting inside linebacker by sliding back seven spots. It's the economics of the draft, and then that's why I have Broncos taking Will Hernandez. Bit of a surprise at 22. Um, you know, it's interesting. I'd like to know when the last time a team had two first-round picks and neither was a Power 5 player. That This may be a historic thing if that would happen. All uh, right, moving on here to the number 23. This is now the San Francisco 49ers, who you had trading back, allowing the Patriots to come up and draft Josh Rosen. So the 49ers are finally on the clock, and they'll be on the clock again later. But who do they have? Who do you have them taking at 23? Yeah, so this is interesting. Um, the dilemma at 9 was you know, maybe Roquan Smith, Maybe Harold Landry, you know, they, they still don't have burst and speed with the pass rushers. I mean, they've invested a ton in the defensive line in recent years. And uh, Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner, um, Solomon Thomas, all three of those guys, I believe, were top 15 picks. Two of them were top 10 picks. Um, but you get back here to 23, and uh, Marcus Davenport's still on the board. And, you know, with, with Harold Landry being a player that was in consideration, and then you got Davenport, who has some more functional strength and, and certainly much more of a ceiling as far as being a two-way player, even if his polish and there, there's not a clear pathway to winning right now. Um, I, I think it's a numbers game in San Francisco anyway. They, they had Eric Armstead playing Leo there in San Francisco mm -hmm. last year. Like, that's silly. You know, and I think the writing's kind of on the wall. They've already said they're going to turn around. They're going to have Armstead start playing the base end, and Solomon Thomas is going to start playing Leo. Well, imagine you get Solomon Thomas back at base end, and you have Davenport playing Leo. I think that's a combination that, that's much more favorable than, than any combination that involves Eric Armstead trying to play outside as an end. 
So uh, for those reasons, I think Davenport and his positional value, even despite the depth that they currently have on the team because you look more of a long-term projection, not all these pieces fit. This is a team that transferred from a 3-4 to a 4-3 recently. Uh, that does kind of mitigate the value of some of these early picks that they've had along the defensive line. All right, we've got the Carolina Panthers at 24. Marty Herney's second stint as general manager of the team. What do we have them take? Yeah, I really wanted to give them Justin Reed from Stanford. Uh, that's who I gave them in the last rendition. But Josh Jackson wasn't on the board in the last rendition. Had him going to Seattle. Uh, so for Josh Jackson to get by a couple landmarks like Washington and Green Bay and Seattle and still be here on the board uh, into the early 20s for a scheme-specific fit like Carolina where they do play so much cover three, uh, it's a great fit. And because of that fit and because you know guys playing on the outside, it's kind of a – those guys get paid, and because those guys get paid, that tells you what the NFL values that position at. And uh, uh, I think Jackson at his ceiling is probably a better player than Reed at his ceiling. So because of those reasons, I have Panthers taking Josh Jackson corner from Iowa. Bradbury and Jackson got some corners there, so it's good size and ball skills. All right, we got the Tennessee Titans on the clock here. Mike Vrabel now the head coach, a team that won a playoff game last year. And uh, returns a lot of starters. Who do they pick? Uh, well, Vrabel's going to love this pick as a former linebacker. I have him going Rashawn Evans from Alabama. And the, the reason why is this is a two-fold boost for the Titans. Um, they're getting a little old in the pass rush front. And Evans, even though he's an inside linebacker, he has experience on the outside as a rush player. So you're going to be able to use him in blitzes. You're going to be able to depending on your defensive packages, move him around, stand him up outside and ask him to play forward and attack the passer. And then the Titans lost Avery Williamson in free agency to the New York Jets. Uh, this this past offseason, signing a free agent deal there uh, to stay in the AFC but to head to, to New York and play inside, place Demario Davis. So um, I really think those two reasons combined – give Evans a lot of value to the Titans. And this is kind of the last of the top-tier linebackers. So t- Tennessee's probably been sitting here on bated breath for a little while now, <laughs> hoping that this ends up falling their way. Now, I'm sure they, they wouldn't be super disappointed if it was Harold Landry or Marcus Davenport, but a guy that you could automatically plug into the starting lineup and replace uh, a player that you've lost in free agency, uh, Titans have to be thrilled with that. All right, we finally get the Dallas Cowboys on the clock. You had them trading back with Atlanta, who moved up for Taven Bryan. So the Dallas Cowboys are on the clock at 26. Yeah, they still have a tough choice here. And I had to bank to, to Cowboys Twitter because they are extremely reliable <laughs> in uh, their, their knowledge and uh, belief system for this team. So I asked uh, somebody that I trust fairly well uh, if Cortland Sutton – and Vita Vea are on the board for the Dallas Cowboys, who would they take? And the answer I got was Vita Vea would be the choice with both of those players on the board. They like Cortland Sutton, but they feel like Cortland Sutton is more of a second-round player. So if that's the case, Dallas, take that extra mid-round pick that you got for trading back seven spots and take your 50th overall pick 
and jump up into the first five or so spots in the second round and make sure you get Cortland Sutton. Because I think Vita Vey and Cortland Sutton for this Cowboys team would be a terrific one-two punch to mm-hmm. kind of help that's... fortify a, a weak spot on both sides of the roster. Yeah, that'd be a nice haul. That would help them a ton. All right, so now we've got the New Orleans Saints at pick number 27 on the clock. This is one of the teams I personally had the most difficult time mocking, so I'm very anxious to hear what you have here. Yeah, it's a, it's a deep roster. You know, the, the, the fact, it's a testament to last year's draft class that you know, there's a lot of promise here and uh, very quietly a team that's built a really strong offensive line courtesy of you know, the, the quote-unquote luxury pick of Ryan Ramchek last year and Tron Armstead and Anders Pete and they, they got a lot of nice pieces offensively, but one spot they don't have is tight end. And uh, our, our good friend John Ledyard had told us that uh, they were a little bummed out that they missed out on getting Jimmy Graham's services back based on some folks that he had talked to. So uh, tight end is a position that makes sense. It's a bit of a luxury pick, but this is the kind of roster that can afford to make a luxury pick and try and get that cherry on top. And, uh, you know, you, you hear Hayden Hurst being mentioned as the top potential tight end in the class, but, you know, forgive me. I don't see it, and I I know sometimes when this kind of buzz builds, there's a reason why it builds. You know, the, the the names that have their faces on TV and and have that large platform, a lot of times they're told things with the intent of being misleading, one way or for one reason or another. So I have them going Mike Isecki just because of his measurables. This is not a team that really cares if you could play in line or not. They'll flex them out. They've made a living off of getting got big guys like that out in space and uh, isolating that size mismatch. And Gasecki has made a living off of that at Penn State uh, just by posterizing guys and high-pointing the football. And we've seen him dunk a basketball a couple weeks ago. Dude's got some hops. Confirmed. He's got the bunnies, Joe. He got the bunnies with Mike Gusecki, Penn State. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, number 28. I think they like the way this fell for them. Yeah, speaking of bated breath, I'm talking about the Titans, Pittsburgh. All four, all four of these uh, linebackers go. The top two safeties go. But Justin Reed does squeak through, and uh, I think that's a home run selection for them. Really reliable, going to be a guy on the back end. Executes appropriately. He's got good anticipation, good ball skills. Uh, I think you pair him with Sean Davis now, and you can let Sean Davis be a little bit more free rangey because uh, where Davis really struggled a lot last year was when he was tasked with playing some man to man coverage, and that's one of Justin Reed's strengths. Next up, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars at number 29. Like the Saints, this was one of the teams I had the most difficult time. Mocking, Kyle. Who do you have the Jaguars picking? I could not find a single player. <laughs> you know, Will Hernandez was my Jaguars mock for two years or two months. And then Denver takes him at 22, and there was literally nobody here. So I started asking myself, okay, you know, let's look at the top of the second round. You have the Browns at 33, the Giants at, at 34. Those teams are probably interested in sliding back up a couple picks. The Giants need a quarterback, maybe Mason Rudolph. The Browns, they do have that glaring hole at left tackle. 
And that's ultimately the direction I decided to go. I did have the Browns trading up from 33 to 29. And, Joe, for the sake of the competition, I played this one pretty safe. We've talked about, <laughs> we've talked about Colton Miller being a first-round player based on his testing and his physical tools. And um, I know if I get Colton Miller in the first round, I'm going to get a point in the mock draft competition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the Browns do need a starting left tackle. They have Sean Coleman there right now. Colton Miller has all the traits, all the tools in the world. And um, I think that's an upside pick. And it's a relatively low cost for Cleveland, a team that, that has another, I think they pick 36 in the 35 or 36 in the, the second round too. So they have another early two coming up. And uh, the cost to move up five spots is going to be very small, probably a fourth-round pick, late third-round pick. So Cleveland's going to have the opportunity to pay that cost, jump up, and try and plug that gap with Joe Thomas's retirement. All right, Kyle, we're getting into the NFC-AFC championship teams here, Minnesota Vikings on the clock, number 30. Billy Price put him back next to Pat Elfline, let your team prosper, no questions asked. That one is as cut and dry as they come, especially because Minnesota went out and they addressed the, the three technique with a one-year deal for Shelton Richardson. So uh, that short-term deal really shored up that position of need. Minnesota still has a glaring need at interior offensive line. Get it done. Put those two next to each other because I want to see it. All right, so it's a tie ribbon on this Patriots 49ers trade. You had the Patriots moving up to number nine with the 49ers selecting Josh Rosen. The 49ers slide back to 23 and get Marcus Davenport. And at 31, they're back on the clock with the second pick from the Patriots to complete this deal. And who are we picking? Yeah, this was a tough one. Uh, There's a couple names here that I really gave some consideration to. Calvin Ridley's still on the board. uh, But I did end up going with Jair Alexander, who I was surprised to see slip this far down through. Uh, Josh Jackson goes ahead of him, courtesy of scheme-specific need at Carolina. Uh, Jair at 31, I think, is a great coup for San Francisco. I know they drafted Akella Witherspoon in the second round last year, and they did sign Richard Sherman in free agency, but Richard Sherman is 30 years old, coming off an Achilles tear. And uh, if Sherman's back healthy, imagine him and how physical he can be, and Jair Alexander with how physical he can be, versus Akella Witherspoon, who's more of a length non-factor in the run game and, and struggles to get off of blocks. That ain't Jair Alexander if you watch Jair play football. So I, I really like the value pick here at a position that San Francisco maybe doesn't need a starter, but the linebackers are gone right now. There's depth at linebacker you can target – a Gennard Avery in the second round, or, or somebody like that. And here you get some contingencies to make sure you're going to have two quality starting corners, regardless of what the health status is of Richard Sherman. All right, Kyle, the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles here at pick number 32 to close out your, hopefully, championship caliber mock draft. Who we got them taking? Yeah. Had their hearts broken because the Redskins scooped up Darius Geis. That's been a name that has consistently been tied to the Eagles for months and months and months now. Um, But I do still think we get a chance to go running back 
if you think back to uh, Daniel Jeremiah, he had said that Sony Michelle had some potential to be the second running back drafted. I think some of that stems from the fact that Darius Geis had some some questions, whether you feel that they are fair or not. I don't think any of them are uh, anything of any substance, but yet there are concerns that teams seem to be vocalizing about Geis knowing Michelle um, is there hot on his heels, and if teams opted to pass on Geis but wanted a running back, Michelle would be that next name up. Uh, I think that's the case for Philadelphia as well. I think about Michelle versus J.H.I., and uh, Sony's got kind of a similar physical build to him, and he's not a straight burner just like Jay, but he's got some really nice cut ability just like Jay. I think you could put him into a Jai's role, and that offense running that running offense will keep humming and not skip a single beat uh, if Jay were to get hurt or if Jay walks away from the Eagles next year as an expiring contract. Uh, which is another thing to monitor because there is going to be some turnover in that Eagles running back room, it seems like. There you have it, folks. Kyle Krabs, final 2018 NFL mock draft. Kyle, I wish you all the luck in the world that this works out. Please be right. Please be right. Please be right. Good for the brand. Yes, it would be great for the brand. I think this was this podcast was good for the brand either way. We hope you guys enjoyed. Make sure you come back tomorrow because we're going to do this with Joe's. And, Joe, we have some overlaps. We have some non-overlaps, but we have a fair amount of overlaps, which I think uh, is going to keep it interesting, too, to have so many picks that uh, you know, all it takes is one different pick at a certain juncture, and it's going to change the next five picks. So uh-huh. it'll be fun to, to, <laughs> to lay those things out and, and see where we're different and ultimately see who comes out on top between our personal head-to-head as well as trying to place NDT scouting at the top of the 2018 Huddle Report mock draft competition just like we were in 2017. Make sure you swing over to NDTScouting.com. Read these. Our analysis will be there. Mine's over FanRag Sports. Joe's will be at NDTScouting.com. And uh, as Joe said at the top of the show, we have the live stream coming up Thursday and Friday nights. You can visit either NDTScouting.com or FanRagSports.com. We're going to be in studio uh, breaking these picks down for you. We've got some fun stuff planned, so make sure you check that out as well. Uh, if you want to get an eye on those links, you can follow Joe on Twitter. He's at the Joe Marino, and I am at NDTScouting. This is Kyle Crabb signing off with Joe Marino, and this is the Draft Dudes Podcast. We will talk with you all tomorrow. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.